Welcome to the Bot Canon, where we take the first 100 words of a classic piece of human literature and toss it into an artificial intelligence to let them complete it and see if they can improve upon it. Today, we're reading A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. Marley was dead to begin with. There is no doubt whatever about that. The register of his burial was signed by the clergyman, the clerk, the undertaker, and the chief mourner. Scrooge signed it, and Scrooge's name was good upon change for anything he chose to put his hand to. Old Marley was as dead as a doornail. Mind, I don't mean to say that I know of my own knowledge what there is particularly dead about a doornail. I might have been inclined myself to regard a coffin nail as the deadest piece of ironmongery in the trade, but the case is certain, my dear sir, the nails were certainly in the coffin. They were clinched, too, and if you wished to have the coffin opened, you'd have to do it with a crowbar. Scrooge knew he was dead? Of course he did. How could it be otherwise? Scrooge and he were partners for I don't know how many years. The two had spent decades squeezing every last cent out of poor, unsuspecting people. And in the end, Scrooge walks off with all the money. Marley has no money to pay his debts, so he is condemned to the cold, dark grave. Scrooge couldn't help but feel pleased with himself that he had managed to avoid the grave. In fact, he was most pleased with himself. He decided to celebrate by going out on the town and spending his fortune. Scrooge's next several days were filled with spending. He went to the theater, the shops, and went on several long, luxurious dinners. He met with several people he knew and parted with even more. Scrooge could have felt guilty about taking it all, but he figured he was entitled to it. After all, he had worked for years to acquire it. When he finally retired to his home, he was surprised to find a knock at his door. To his surprise, it was Marley's ghost. "'How do you do, partner?' Marley said. "'I see you are quite prosperous. Must be all that money I put into your business.' Scrooge was speechless. How was he supposed to respond? The ghost didn't wait for an answer, however, and continued, You never did care much for me, did you? Well, being dead, I suppose I hardly matter to you at all. Still, I am sorry for you. I'm sorry for you too, Scrooge finally said. I never wanted to see you like this. This is what happens when you die, the ghost said, spreading his arms wide to let Scrooge observe him. You end up living in a cold, dark grave, just like me. Scrooge shook his head. I assure you that is not the case. You belong here. I belong anywhere that living people go, the ghost said. Of course you do, Scrooge said. Then may I live here with you? The ghost asked. Scrooge looked for something to say, but nothing came to mind. I have nowhere else to go, the ghost said. Well, then I suppose you should stay, Scrooge said. Thank you, partner, the ghost said. Marley moved in immediately, and Scrooge went about his life as if nothing had happened. It was decades before Marley's ghost was able to convince Scrooge that repentance and redemption were possible. He kept trying, but Scrooge would laugh it off. But then one day, nearly 25 years after Marley had moved in, Scrooge woke up to find the ghost was gone. He felt a rush of relief as he examined all his rooms to find no Marley. Oh, thank God, he said. I thought I'd have to live with him forever. Marley's ghost appeared behind him. You're finally ready, partner, the ghost said. Ready for what? Scrooge asked. Ready to be like me, the ghost said. Scrooge looked around, but the ghost was gone. What did he mean, be like him, he muttered to himself. What did he want? He soon learned the truth, that Marley had been trying to warn Scrooge in the afterlife. Marley had been condemned by his greed, and he couldn't escape the cold, dark grave. But unlike Scrooge, Marley had been unable to find redemption when he died. When Scrooge's death came, he hoped that he could find redemption like Marley. But when he came to the cold, dark grave, he saw Marley lying there in the darkness. I'm sorry, partner, Marley said, but I couldn't help it. I tried, I really did, but I just couldn't escape my fate. Scrooge was horrified. But now I've died too. Are you saying I must suffer the same fate? 
I do, Marley said. It's what awaits anyone who doesn't repent. But what about heaven? Scrooge asked. I suppose you would find it pleasant, Marley said. Yes, I, I should like to go there, Scrooge said. But how can I get there? You must repent, Marley said. You must give half your fortune to the poor, and you must go through the rest of your life proving your repentance. I believe I can do that, Scrooge said. I will repent. But you've already died, Marley said. So, Scrooge said, that doesn't change anything. A prayer was said, and Scrooge was ushered through the gates of heaven. I made it, he said delightedly, and I didn't even have to repent. You don't understand, Marley said. You can get there only if you repent. Yes, I know, Scrooge said. Then why didn't you? Marley asked. What? Scrooge said. Why would I do that? Marley shook his head. You're hopeless. They'll never let you stay here. Who? Scrooge asked. The angels, Marley said. They're never going to let you into heaven. I don't care, Scrooge said. Just let me in. I can't, Marley said. Scrooge angrily pushed his way past Marley and shoved his way into heaven, but before he had taken two steps, he froze. Marley was right. The angels were pulling him back and pushing him back. You can't enter here, an angel said. I don't need to enter, Scrooge said. I can stay right here. No, you didn't repent, so now you have to go to hell. I don't want to go to hell, Scrooge said. I can serve God better here. But the angels were insistent. No one can serve two masters, they said. You must choose. What do you mean? Choose between God and your money, the angel said. Scrooge thought for a moment. I can't serve two masters, he said. I serve one and that's enough. You did not repent, the angel said. Your fate is sealed. But I did, Scrooge said. The angels looked at each other, confused. I didn't hear you repent, one of them said. I did, Scrooge said. I repented of all my sins, and I repented of my selfishness and my greed, and I never want to serve money again, only God. The angel looked doubtful. You didn't really repent. How can I prove it to you, Scrooge asked. It doesn't matter, the angel said. We can't let you in. But I did repent, Scrooge said. The angels exchanged glances, and one of them said, All right, we'll let you in, but you only get to stay here for three days. And what happens at the end of that? Scrooge asked. Then you'll have to choose between God and money again, the angel said, and this time you'll have to stay. I'll choose God, Scrooge said. All right, the angel said, then you'd better start repenting. Scrooge wasn't sure how to repent in heaven, but he agreed, and the angels let him through. And what a glorious place it was. The streets were paved with gold, the buildings were carved from the purest marble, and there were angels everywhere, singing and praising God. But Scrooge quickly learned there was no place in heaven as comfortable, as warm, as friendly, as loving, as home, as 19th century London. He was back. He opened his eyes to find he was back in his own bed. It was Christmas morning. It's Christmas morning, Marley said, and you've come back to life. That means you have to repent. But what about heaven? Scrooge asked. I suppose you would find it pleasant, Marley said. Yes. The two chuckled, remembering Scrooge's adventures in heaven. All right, I'll do it, Scrooge said. I shall spend the rest of my life repenting. Good, Marley said. And as for heaven, keep it in mind. You can get there if you really want to. Yes, Scrooge said. I do. Good, Marley said. You know how to do it. Scrooge was a changed man from that day forward.